I'm Rachel. And I'm Jessica. And this is All Things Sensory by Harkla. We are both certified occupational therapy assistants, and together with Harkla, we are on a mission to empower parents, therapists, and educators to help raise confident and strong children of all abilities. On this podcast, we chat about all things sensory, diving into special needs, occupational therapy, parenting, self-care, overall health and wellness, and so much more. We are here to provide raw, honest, and fun strategies, ideas, and information for parents, therapists, and educators, as well as other professionals to implement into daily life. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to All Things Sensory by Harkla. You're listening to your good friends, Rachel and Jessica, and we're so happy to have you today. So for anyone who is new here, we are back in the recording studio for the first time since April. Yeah. Why, why is that, Rachel? Well, I had a baby and... <laughs> We didn't we didn't share about it at all on social media, mm-hmm. so it was kind of a surprise, and we got a bunch of content batch recorded in advance, kn- knowing that I would be on maternity leave for a few weeks, and so it is now the end of June, mm-hmm. and we are trying to get, well, I'm trying to get back in the rhythm. <laughs> Jessica's been in the rhythm. She's been rocking it, but... Well, just not recording, though, so no. it has been weird for me as well to not be in here you know, a couple times a month, mm-hmm. once or twice a month recording podcasts. So I'm glad to be back. We're here. We're back. Yes. And we've had a ton of podcast topic ideas in this hiatus that we've been on. So we are excited to be able to share these and get back into it. It just feels <laughs> so weird. Before we jump into today's topic, we want to remind you or let you know, if you didn't know, that we have an online digital course around sensory diets. And our course actually ties into today's episode, and you'll find out why in a minute. But our sensory diet course is perfect for parents who have children who are struggling to get through their day successfully. It's perfect for therapists to learn how to provide their clients with effective personalized sensory diets. And we just want to let you know that it's there when you're ready. Yep. We will link it in the show notes so you can check it out and see if it fits your needs and if it can help you. So we'll link it in the show notes so you can access it. But let's jump into today's topic, which is... Sensory strategies for the dentist. This is a highly requested topic. Mm -hmm. The dentist obviously is a challenging environment, a challenging task, not only for kids, but for adults as well. And I know it's something that I don't love to do. I do not like going to the dentist. Yeah. So, and I actually use a lot of these strategies when I go to the dentist myself. So we compiled all sorts of things that we're going to talk about today as it relates to the dentist. But first we need to talk about why some children tolerate the dentist really well, while other children struggle significantly with going to the dentist. We Uh want to understand the why before we try the strategies. Before we just start throwing all the things, all the strategies your way. Now, y'all need to put on your sensory goggles. That's what we call it. So you can view the world with your sensory lens on Mm -hmm. and let's talk about what sensory components you're going to see at the dentist or feel at the dentist yeah so first is visual input the dentist typically has 
you know, new people, new furniture. It's just a new environment visually overall. And then when you're sitting in the actual dentist chair, they typically shine a pretty bright oh light gosh, over you. It. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of bright lights and a lot of new visual information. And if they throw sunglasses on you mm-hmm. or your child and your child has never worn sunglasses before, yep. whoa, that changes things as well. Definitely. Okay, the next one is auditory. Lots of people talking, lots of sounds of machines working. It might be echoey. Um, the tools, very loud, you know? Yes. The water suctioning, mm-hmm. the the uh, drill, the toothbrush, the electronic toothbrush. Not only are you hearing the sounds of the tools that they're using for you, but you also hear all of the tools that are being used on other patients as well. Mm-hmm. So it can be yeah. very overwhelming. Maybe unless you're in like a private room, but I don't think they have private rooms for everyone. I was going to say most of the dentist offices that I've been to, you're in like, you're like sectioned like off. Like a cubby. Like, like a, a cubby. Yeah. Yes. But it's not. Cubicle. A, like a cubicle. Yeah. It's not an <laughs> enclosed room that's soundproof. Although that would be nice. I The dentist that I go to put me in a private room like the first visit that I went there when mm. they were doing x-rays and whatnot. But Well, I think that you go into a private room for the x-rays. Yeah. Because of the yeah. machine, mm-hmm. right? Probably. But for just a regular cleaning you're not typically in a no, you're in your cubicle. You're in your cubicle. <laughs> I just like saying that. Yes. <laughs> okay, what's the next one? The next one is vestibular. So that is our sense of movement and balance. And you're going to get a lot of vestibular input when you sit in the chair and you lean back in that reclining chair. Mm-hmm. Even think about our kids with maybe a retained Moro reflex or maybe a retained TLR. That supine position is really uncomfortable for them. Really uncomfortable. It's, it's just very vulnerable, you know? Yeah. It's a very vulnerable position. So the yeah. vestibular system is definitely being targeted here, as well as the proprioceptive system, tactile system, the oral system, you know, all of those kind of go hand in hand here at the dentist with different feelings in the mouth, different textures, different. I mean, I'm trying to think of what else there is. Well, then you can go into the olfactory and gustatory systems, right? True. Yes. All kinds of different smells and tastes, new feelings in the mouth, and then the interoception system, interoceptive system, where you're going to be tolerating different types of temperatures, hot, cold, maybe a little bit of pain sometimes during mm-hmm. the cleaning process, right? And uh, then that emotional regulation piece as well. Yeah. So lots of sensory input is bombarding your system at the dentist. And for all eight mm-hmm. of your sensory systems. Yep. So let's take a look at this from a child's perspective, a child who has never been to the dentist before. They don't know what to expect. So all of this novel sensory input combined with a new situation is going to be very overwhelming, mm-hmm. especially for a child who struggles to tolerate changes in routine, struggles with new situations already. And then on top of it, if they struggle to process sensory input, maybe they have sensory processing disorder, maybe they have some sensory quirks, they're tactily hypersensitive, maybe they have oral versions, they've got, you know, just auditory processing challenges. They Maybe they just have these little sensory challenges. It's not 
you know, affecting their every day, but it's definitely going to impact their ability to, you know, successfully have a great dentist appointment. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a child who has been to the dentist before, but they struggle overall with transitions, leaving the house, changes in routine. They have frequent meltdowns with new people and new places or even semi-familiar places because of anxiety. And then also if they just struggle overall with the transition of leaving the house or leaving the place where they're at. Mm -hmm. So the next thing we want to jump into is talking about why your child might struggle specifically at the dentist. Is it the transition to the dentist? Is it the emotional regulation? Is it one or more of the sensory components that are going on while they're at the dentist? Maybe it's both. Mm -hmm. And really trying to figure out why your child is struggling, what the underlying cause is. Maybe they're young. Maybe they're trips age, you know, almost two. And they can't quite communicate those feelings yet. And they don't understand their feelings Mm -hmm. all the way. Yeah. So you want to pick and choose specific personalized strategies based on the why. And we're going to give you a good long list of strategies. It's not all of the strategies that are out there. So there's plenty more that you can try or maybe you already use. We're just going to skim the surface and you just have to try them out. It's not going to be perfect. It will take trial and error. Mm -hmm. And just remember that none of these strategies are going to be applicable for all children. So pick one that fits your specific needs and just start with one at a time. Mm -hmm. Make sure you communicate with your child what you're trying and why. Even if they, even if you don't think they understand what's going on or how you're communicating these sensory strategies that you're trying to them, just be open, be calm. If, what am I trying to say? We want, we want the child to feel validated in their concerns with the dentist because it is new and it's different and it's, it can be scary, but we also want them to know that it's a safe place and it's something that is required for the rest of their life in order to have a healthy body and a healthy mouth. So if you, the adult, are passing on your anxiety, your feeling of uncertainty, your child can sense that. And we don't necessarily want to pass that along to them. We want to stay cool, calm, collected, and confident and communicate. Yeah, it's very well said, though. Uh, So let's dive into our favorite strategies that you can try if you haven't tried them yet. This is why you're all here. I've done that in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, it feel good. Yeah. (laughs) Number one is going to be to use a visual schedule and visual timers. We love both of these tools. We've talked about using visuals in many, many of our episodes, but if you can use a visual schedule on a consistent basis before you go to the dentist, then your child already knows how to use it. They already know what it means. And then when you do use this visual schedule, be sure to include what your child will be doing after the dentist so that they understand that when they're done at the dentist, they get to go do this next. Mm-hmm. Yep. First dentist, then park. Okay, next. Ask the dentist for a meet and greet. So call them ahead if it's a new dentist. 
call them, chit chat, let them know your situation. Ask if you can come and visit and meet the people who they're going to see at the dentist and have the child lay on you or maybe make an appointment that's just, you know, five minutes and have the child lay on you or your lap during the visit while you're meeting and greeting the dentist and just have the dentist or the hygienist look in their mouth without the full cleaning. Just take those baby steps. That's what we did with Trip a couple months ago. He laid on Daniel's chest. He opened his mouth, met the dentist and kind of just got a feel for what was expected totally also using a social story can be helpful if uh if your child loves pictures and stories this can be a really great strategy you can practice identifying how your child feels or how they might feel at the dentist and then what strategies they can use to feel more calm mm-hmm another one is to play more oral motor games and use some oral desensitization and use some oral desensitization tools before you go to the dentist and not like an hour before you go to the dentist, like consistently every day, do some oral motor activities. So things like bubble mountain, you know, we love bubble mountain, uh, blowing cotton balls, using the arc therapeutic Z vibe, um, having them bite vibrating teethers and just incorporate these games. We call them games, um, into everyday activities for your child. So that way they, are, their mouth is becoming desensitized, desensitized so that way when they go to the dentist, it won't be so scary when their fingers are in their mouth. Yeah, if you can do oral motor activities and games on a daily basis, like Rachel said, they're going to be used to it. They're going to be more open to it. And then you can also try ice cubes or warm dishcloths on, around, in the mouth to work on that temperature tolerance mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Another one is to play pretend, right? Whether you're at home or if you're able to do it at the actual dentist office, if your dentist is down for this, pretend that the child is the dentist and have the dentist lay in the chair and let the child so fun. probe around the mouth. <laughs> you know you have a good dentist if they do that. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but you can also just do this at home and it's a great way to get in their mouth, just like we said, every day if possible. Mm-hmm. Using weighted products. I don't know if you guys have ever felt this, but when they put the x-ray vest on you, it's heavy, it's calming, it's like a weighted blanket. If anything, ask to have that on you or the child, if the child feels comfortable with that on them, to provide that calming proprioceptive input. If you have a weighted blanket, if you have a lap pad, a weighted vest, take that and use that at the dentist as well. Uh, Maybe have the child carry a heavy backpack into the dentist or the morning before the dentist. Um, So just think about those proprioceptive strategies that you can use when your child is at the dentist in the chair. If your child likes to wear hats or sunglasses, go ahead and let them wear those to the dentist to decrease the visual stimulation as well as noise canceling headphones over the ear are best and maybe even let them listen to some music with their headphones while they're at the dentist to just decrease that auditory stimulation. Some dentists now have TVs mm-hmm. on the ceiling. Yep. Um, you know, maybe they just get some free screen time and they get to enjoy that. Maybe yeah. it's something special for them. Totally. 
Okay, the next one is playing more vestibular games that include leaning back. So like we mentioned, when they recline that chair, it's a lot of vestibular input, very vulnerable, maybe some primitive reflexes are kicking in. So doing games, going backwards over a therapy ball, laying upside down over the couch, um, laying in a hammock swing, you know, really just focusing on getting the head into different positions. Upside down bowling is another fun one we love. Um, just incorporating that into your, you know, rough housing or your playtime during the day can be helpful for the vestibular system to process that input a little bit better. If you can combine a vestibular activity with an oral motor activity, mm. double whammy. Yeah. So much good things happening. Yeah. So like doing bubble mountain while you're doing a handstand. Oh my gosh. Just kidding. That would be so hard. But I kind of want to try it now. I kind of want to try it too. <laughs> We might have to how do about, that. How about a wall walk up? That would be easier. Yes. So a wall walk up, bubble mount at the same time. Whoa. <laughs> just be careful not to uh, pass out while you do it. I just imagine all the blood rushing to your head yeah. and you're putting so much effort into blowing. Or don't let the straw go down your throat. Okay. Disclaimer, don't try this at home. We're not recommending this. <laughs> But we're going to try it. Yes. Maybe that'll be our Therapy Thursday activity <laughs> one week. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Moving on. We love using different types of smells to activate the olfactory system. Uh, I believe we have an episode on We have a couple episodes this. on essential oils. If you don't know which ones are calming, yeah. listen to those ones. Yeah. So using some essential oils on like a bracelet or a scrunchie around the wrist can be helpful if your child finds those to be calming. Mm -hmm. Using social emotional tools before, during, and after the dentist, but again, using these on a daily basis, not just the day of the dentist, will help your child learn to identify their emotions and what strategies to use when they're upset or if they're anxious. So like we mentioned, social stories are great. We love the zones of regulation, mm -hmm. the alert program, the just right curriculum, teaching about sensory modulation. So find one that works and incorporate that into the whole household. Mm -hmm. And we do have an episode on that as well on um, our favorite tools for um what is it? Our favorite tools for self-regulation, I we, think is the name. And we also interviewed the creator of the Zones of Regulation. Yes. She talks about some great things in that episode. All of these things that we're talking about today will be linked in the show notes so you can easily find them. And we would love to hear from you if you listen to this episode, if you found any of these strategies helpful and you try them, we would love to hear that. But we'd also love to hear what you try with your child, mm -hmm. what strategies you already use that are helpful. Mm -hmm. I did just think of one more that I did with Trip before we went. We found some videos on YouTube mm -hmm. of kids going to the dentist, and he kind of just watched those a little bit and was like, oh, the dentist. I don't know if it helped, but I mean, it we might. tried it. Yeah. I was also thinking if you have an appointment for the dentist, if you're able to take your child with you mm -hmm. so they can experience it that way beforehand as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Let us know what works for you if you try these keep us posted. Yeah. Let's answer some listener questions really quick. We got this first question in a DM direct message on Instagram, but I thought it'd be really great to share because it really pertains to what so many people are, you know, going through. Okay. So the question is, my nine month old is very satisfying with army crawling everywhere. He's super quick, but the pediatrician wants him to be up on his knees. First of all, <laughs> 
love that pediatrician, yes. whoever they are. Any suggestions for how to build strength? He's too busy keeping up with his brothers to care about fixing his crawling method. So we do have an episode on crawling. Mm -hmm. So that would be a good episode to check out as well as a blog post on harkla.co that is just free information on tips and tricks for crawling. Mm -hmm. I will tell you our response to her was to set up obstacles using cushions or pillows or blankets or the stairs and putting up those obstacles for this child to try to navigate will force him to go up onto his knees Mm -hmm. and success story she actually sent a picture of her kiddo with the pillow obstacle successfully up on his knees nice so that was really exciting that Yes, going up the stairs, crawling up the stairs is a great way to work those hip flexors. Mm-hmm. Um, at nine months, they're on the move. So I would love to strengthen the core and have the child laying on their back and like lifting their legs up, maybe trying to kick a balloon with their with their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that can be difficult at nine months <laughs> when they just want to move. Another suggestion was, since he's so busy trying to keep up with his older brothers, was to get the brothers involved in helping this child mm-hmm. and have the brothers demonstrate crawling on hands and knees and have the brothers help him into that yeah. position as well. Some babies don't like the feeling of the hard floor on their bellies when they're crawling. So sometimes it's as simple as putting them on like a hard tile floor or a cold floor, mm-hmm. maybe putting them outside in the grass and that can get him up on his knees, even on his toes. And he mm-hmm. can do like a bear crawl, but it will still strengthen the muscles required for that proper crawling. But And it works on that bilateral coordination, mm-hmm. which is very important for future walking and running yes. and coordination skills. Yes. But yay for getting up on the knees. That is very important. Don't skip it if possible. Mm-hmm. Again, listen to those episodes that we mentioned already. We'll link them in the show notes. Yes. All right, one more question. This one we posted a Q&A box in Instagram stories, and this question was dropped in there. My 11-month-old is obsessed with chewing my hair. How to help him with what he is seeking? Well, <laughs> like what we said at the beginning of this episode is you always want to identify the why. Is, it, is he seeking attention? Is he seeking oral motor input? Is he seeking a certain taste or texture? Mm-hmm. All of the above? Figure out why. Is he anxious? Is he bored? Is, yeah, is he it doing just, it at a certain time of day? Is it just available and he just grabs it and chews on it? Or for self-regulation, maybe mm-hmm. to help sleep? Yeah, definitely. Maybe, I was going to say, maybe he's hungry. Like, is he chewing and trying to eat? Yeah. Swallow? You always want to um, just keep an eye out for pica, Mm -hmm. which is attempting to ingest non-edible items. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that's the case, you definitely want to talk to your pediatrician. Yep. Now, what I would do, what I would start by trying is pulling your hair up and keep keeping your hair away from him Mm -hmm. and see if he requests to your hair i mean at 11 months is he able to say i want your hair or like reaching and grabbing grabbing for it it. but if it's if you've got a top knot in are they able to grab it kind of kind of just see what what happens when you just take it away and then when he does try to reach for it and grab for it 
have a replacement available mm-hmm. to teach him that it's not you don't want him to chew on your hair. You know, mm-hmm. make sure that you're not getting upset. And yeah. that's the trick. You don't want to cause a negative situation here. Just be like, oh, I don't like it when you chew on my hair. Try this instead and have mm-hmm. a couple of different options for him to try chewing on items that are expected. I'm trying to think of what what would be similar to hair that would be safe for him to chew I on. I know, that's such a tricky one. But you can always just start with products from Arc Therapeutic. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of different types and textures of chew items. And they're also different resistance levels. So some are softer than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could check those out first. Yeah. And maybe if it's a behavior, just get up and walk away. If he starts to chew on your hair and you don't like it, say, um, I don't want to play with you right now. I'm going to get up and walk away. And just, just don't draw too much attention to it. Just get up and move and relocate and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, try a couple of these different strategies and observe his response one more really quick would be to provide him more input during mealtime if possible you know at 11 months i don't know what his diet's like um but if you're able to provide different flavors different maybe different textures maybe different temperatures and that might provide him with oral motor input that maybe he's seeking as well yeah If you're not having him drink out of a straw cup already, I'd make sure he's drinking from a straw cup too. Get some good oral motor input Mm -hmm. there. Yep. Okay, cool. That is it for our episode today. Thank you for being here. We hope it was helpful. You can find everything you need in the show notes, everything we talked about. It's all there. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, let us know. We call ourselves podcast DJs because we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So just send us a message and we'll, we'll, you know, do it if it's applicable. <laughs> Most likely if we, did, if we haven't already, if we haven't already. And if it's applicable, we'll do it. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on the gram at all things sensory podcast and at Harkla underscore family and take a screenshot while you're listening to this episode if you're still listening to us at this point and tag us on Instagram and we'd love to share that you are listening and loving the podcast. All right, we will talk to you next week. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to All Things Sensory by Harkla. If you want more information on anything mentioned in the show, head over to harkla.co slash podcast to get the show notes. If you have any follow-up questions, the best place to ask those is in the comments on the show notes or message us on our Instagram account, which is at harkla underscore family or at all things sensory podcast. If you just search harkla, you'll find us there. Like we mentioned before, our podcast listeners get 10% off their first order at Harkla. Whether it's for one of our digital courses or one of our sensory swings, the discount code SENSORY will get you 10% off. That's S-E-N-S-O-R-Y. Head to harkla.co slash sensory to use that discount code right now. We are so excited to work together to help create confident kids all over the world. While we make every effort to share correct information, we're still learning. We will double check all of our facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor or therapist may have a different way of doing things from another. 
We are simply presenting our views and opinions on how to address common sensory challenges, health-related difficulties, and what we have found to be beneficial that will be as evidence-based as possible. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or your child. Consult your child's pediatrician or therapist for any medical issues that he or she may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening.